Wow, that can end it uh, more perfectly. The, that song ended right when we started. Hey, uh, welcome to Racers Alley here at Mutiny Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, boy, beautiful day out here. It's uh, nice and warm, no fog coming in. And uh, everyone's still wearing masks uh, and uh, just plodding along. Mutiny Radio here has been going through a lot, uh, as uh, everyone else has. We've had to shut down for a while, but luckily uh, now Pam is actually do having uh, some uh, shows here on uh, Fridays, uh, Saturdays. So uh, please support Mutiny Radio because our boat has is a bunch of springing leaks, so we're sinking. We could use your $2 and whatever donation. You can always find us at Mutiny Radio on a GoFundMe and, or our website, Mutiny Radio, uh, www.mutinyradio, or just hit us up. And uh, we can definitely uh, use your help uh, and uh, keep everything going. Uh, Pam does a great job of actually... Um, teaching uh, comedians. Uh, if you want to be a comedian, you start out on Mondays in the uh, Pamtastics. Uh, you know, uh, she has a, uh, a comedy, basically, uh, you're learning, uh, you're out there on the stage, and you're uh, improvisational. You got a few minutes, and uh, other people are critiqu critiquing you. So that's uh, Monday, and then on Fridays, uh, she tends to have, uh, you know, uh, com comedy shows uh, from 6 to, I believe, 10. We'll have to get a schedule on that. So, um, yeah, check in on the uh, Mutiny Radio website and you can find out exactly what's going on and besides that uh, throughout the day uh, you know every hour or two uh, there are slots and there are many different type of shows uh, racers alley here uh, where we talk about motorcycling and everything that has to do uh, fun times with that uh, our other shows uh, many many different topics uh, lots of fun stuff and uh, some interesting stuff and some shocking stuff uh, so uh, check them out for sure Anyhow, tonight it's going to be a very cool night. Uh, actually, uh, Dames Don't Care Emily was going to host the show and uh, going to interview uh, Wade Boyd and myself, Alex, uh, as far as, uh, you know, uh, how did we become racers, uh, what it took to become an Island Man racer and everything in between, and uh, what our favorite color is. Uh, so that will be really cool. And we have Shannon here as well from the Dames, and uh, hopefully she'll give a shout out as well and uh, get into the conversation. So anyhow, uh, let us get the uh, show together, and uh, I'll be right back shortly. Welcome to Mutiny Radio, and uh, Racers Alley's in the air. Cheers. Yvonne wears his war wound like a crown It causes child Jesus Cause he lights the main And he sends him to the finest school in town Yvonne Live on lots of money. It makes a lot they say. Spends his days counting in a garage by the motorway. He was born upon the two upon on a Christmas day. Shall be a good man, and he shall be a leave on, and to 
She's in me, always with me. 
Elton John. Well, you know, uh, I miss Milk Crate Brian when he isn't here because actually he actually has like a lot of albums and he messes with our turntables here. We have two turntables and a microphone. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so when I'm usually doing music, I try and find something here in our studio and uh, end up. Uh, we actually have some new CDs. Luckily, I found these ones, Elton John and I think The Cure. So basically, I just press uh, start and stop. So I'm sure you can imagine uh, what will be on next if you ever look at an Elton John album. All right. So boy, oh boy, uh, we're here at Meeting Radio in the heart of the mission. And uh, beautiful day. Racer's Alley is back. Uh, Racing is back to a certain extent, at least uh, in our neighborhood. Uh, AFM's coming out, and um, boy, oh boy, uh, I believe they are going to be uh, racing next month. Talking about that, fun track days. Boy, if you, you really want to have a fun time, uh, I don't know if they're sold out or, or what yet, but I would look into it. Fun track days, D-A-Y-Z, not S, fellas, fun track days. Uh, they're having a great time over on July 3rd at Laguna Seca. If you've never been to Laguna Seca, boy, oh, boy, uh, you got the uh, corkscrew and stuff, all that good stuff, and uh, great way to have a fun day on the track, especially before the holidays. Well, during the holidays, well, nothing's happening. So they're going to be doing that, and then they're going to do the uh, three-mile over at Thunder Hill on July 27th. So we got track days out there. Uh, uh, my friend, uh, she just did, I think, Pacific Track t Time or something like that, uh, uh, there's, there's folks out there. I need to get all their information or have them come on the show. But uh, Fun Track Days is definitely out there. And uh, people are going out there having fun on their motorcycles and trying to get out of the house. Um, AFM. Uh, we just heard from them. And we are racing again. Or they are racing again, depending on how much money someone can give me. But anyhow, uh, they're going to be at Button Willow, uh, July 18th and 19th. That's going to be the first race. Basically, there's going to be four races left this year. I don't know what they're going to do about that. I don't know how they're going to do their points. But uh, if you listen to my show, all 25,000 of you, you'll know that I've been bitching about having an eight-hour endurance race or at least a six-hour endurance race. And we should have an endurance race, God damn it. God damn but anyways, there's, right? There's right. one in Colorado, a four-hour. Oh, Colorado's having an endurance race. Uh, AFM, are you listening, Barbara? <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, they're going to be racing July 18th and 19th at Button Willow. Uh, August, apparently, that the schedule this year for the AFM is uh, July 18th, 19th, Button Willow. Uh, August 8th and 9th. It either says Button Willow or Sonoma. I'm not sure. So, uh, hop check in with that one. Uh, 
uh, on October 3rd and 4th. Uh, in a good world, I'll go be racing. Uh, Chad and I will actually be in Mexico uh, doing uh, San, Martir, uh, San Pedro Martir Hill Climb. Uh, Button will be, will be racing here on October 3rd and 4th with the AFM. And they said in parentheses, new track. So that'll be interesting to find out exactly what they're doing. They might have a new configuration like Thunder Hill or something. Nice. Uh, yeah, so that, that'll be really cool to uh, check out. So they're on uh, October 3rd and 4th. And then, um, let's see, October 17th and 18th will be the last race of the season. And they'll be at Thunder Hill again. So AFM is back out and about, which is great. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we only had a half year. So if you haven't signed up yet for your license, you get a half year license. So uh, save a little money on that. Um, anyhow, uh, what else here? I'm uh, bored. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. So tonight we have uh, Miss Emily here from the Dames Don't Care, Miss Shannon here from the Dames Don't Care, and Mr. Wade Boyd. So I got to figure out what uh, Mike Emily's on. But uh, say hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Ooh. Hello. Wait. Hello. Zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom. Everyone say hi. So anyhow, um, yeah, uh, interesting evening. Uh, Miss Emily is actually going to uh, kind of host tonight, uh, interestingly enough, which will be really cool, and uh, go from there. Uh, how you doing? I'll take it from here, Alan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> good. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Almost back on a bike after quite a long hiatus, so... Things are looking up. I'm thinking about motorcycles again. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I don't think your mic is working, Emily. No, uh, just point you. Uh, oh, uh, I'm not close enough. Oh, it's time for our mic etiquette. Uh, so anyhow, every guest we will go down. through this. Okay. Oh, you just okay. get it right in front of your face All and right. just right in front of you. And right. uh, just straight directional and just say hello and just talk right into it. And also our system's kind of having some funny time. So it's not only you, it's you us. You can blame it on me. <laughs> Alrighty, so cheers. Alright, so um, I'm here. This is my buddy Shannon, who is a fellow dame. Um, Hello. Hello. With this interview, I think you guys know her already. Miss Emily, use Shannon's mic. <laughs> okay. I tried. <laughs> yeah. No, um, our board's having difficulties. Like I said, our, uh, our ship is kind of sinking, so we could definitely use some uh, cables and uh, other helper boards and stuff. So, yeah, uh, here we go. Is that better? Oh, Ooh, that's so much better. <laughs> welcome to the show. Even I can hear that. Okay. <laughs> Hi, guys. All right. So, um, I am a street rider. I know zero about racing. I have done one track day. So I have a lot to learn from you guys. And I have this wonderful memory of being at Zeitgeist talking to Wade. And I think we were talking about draft. And you gave me this fantastic answer that was, it involved hand gestures and diagrams. And I finally felt like I understood. That's what I'm talking, right? We were talking about draft. Do you remember that? Yeah, drafting. drafting. That yeah. C, that's how uninformed I am. Yeah. And apparently I don't retain anything. But yes, um, so we're talking about drafting. And I realized, gosh, I have a lot to learn from my friends. They really know what they're doing. So I came up with a list of questions I wanted to ask you guys. Um, and they're totally open-ended. Take it where you will, because you guys tend to ramble off on fantastic stories. I had no idea what you had done. So um, let's start with an easy one. So if we had an Irish-style you know, road race in the U.S., where would you like that to be? I'd say Highway 1. 
<laughs> of course you would. Yeah, uh, Wade would. would say Highway 1, and I would probably say Mines Road. Um, <laughs> what section? Those, those are the, uh, for me, Mines <laughs> is uh, from the bottom to the junction. You can go up the mountain if you want, but um, yeah, that's about 50 miles, uh, as I recall. Yeah, but it's one way. Yeah. So I if mean, you yeah, do a circle, that's what circle's a lot more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're in county. Up Highway 1. There's, there's stuff down by Alice's also, but... Um, I Marin County. I basically do a hundred mile loop most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, c- you can start in the beginning, and um, there's a funny little section on the way back. You kind of, you know, don't really have permission, so you <laughs> uh, you have to bomb down the freeway at a million miles an hour. <laughs> but anyhow, you can get a loop out of it. Okay, okay. I have a question. So, like, I have four, cor- like. Four corners. You're on your way to work. Your four corners, or your way home. It doesn't have to be, like you're not going fast, but it's those like, you know, three four corners where you're leaning it. You just you have a fun back and forth. You get some thrills. And so for me, for me, I work I work in Mill Valley, and I'm on my bike, and it's downtown Mill Valley by the lumber yard, heading from downtown to towards the freeway, and there's like right out of downtown three like bloop 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 and you just flop it over and you're like 30 miles an hour and you're like yeah. wee you got one of those yeah exactly it's pretty it's yeah 60 miles an hour but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all all of them are really good and the last one over that little bridge before you get on a freeway there's actually a jump there a there's jump a, a, hmm. there's a, a <laughs> the yeah the the bridge levels off and there's a lip just before it so you could go bump, bump, or you could go. You hit it with a little pizzazz, and your bike will totally jump in the air and land on the bridge. And, nice. and, 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 and Heading south nice. off the Highway 1 <laughs> onto the on-ramp onto yeah. 101, where you got sweet. the little right turn. <laughs> by right, right next to the coffee shop, that little coffee shop. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's that bridge, and, yeah, there's a lip as you yeah, there actually. There is. Yeah, yeah, use it. <laughs> well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wade loves to, Oops. you know. Who said that? When I first <laughs> started hanging with Wade, uh, uh, just see this pen here. You readers can't see a pen, but it's a writing utensil, and they're, you know, generally pretty thin and round. And he would call this a wheelie bump. <laughs> you know, it just yeah, all it takes is a pebble, and it's like amazing what the, he can get lift from. So yeah, <laughs> and uh, the way he says it, if you have a wheelie bump, use it, right? Use yeah, it. apparently. <laughs> and you can even do it on little bikes also it's it, it once you learn how to do it there's you know life there is life after the front wheel leaving <laughs> the ground well so you guys um like you've ra- raced in colorado is there not a circuit that could be had there or say maine which has super old timey roads that don't make any sense much like ireland uh, probably all over the place we got a big country they tried to do one yeah, up in, I think it was up in Maine or something like that, <laughs> but but they got this big moose that, like, roam around. So it, it, they said, eh, no, canceled. You can't control the moose. And they, <laughs> yeah. I remember that. They want to do that one in An Canada. Canadian saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, also, at the same time, they didn't do their research, and at the time they wanted to have the race, which I think was in the fall or something, um, it was the major moose migration time. So they were coming yeah. back by, by yeah. the you know bison so days, by millions. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. you basically have a moose, moose if carpet. We, yeah, if yeah. we had our wishes and dreams, it could totally be done. Um, I just actually heard the other day that, you know, we had a World's Fair in 1915, 
and we had a Monaco style Formula One, wow. the biggest, baddest one in the world. Because and and they had the World's Fair right there. That was their background in San Francisco. In San Francisco, that wow. like started most of racing in the world. No way. It was yeah. That's amazing. That's I what I no said. Idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, we had a fair. Oh, it was just yeah. I never heard that there was a race. It was down the marina into the Presidio, came back, went you know. They were just making cars, and now they just decided to go racing. Wow. And after, so they raced them at the World's Fair. Wow, cool! And decided to really go at it. Now I see your interest in why on a Weebub, uh, you have World's Fair stuff in there. Yeah, and that's the next World's Fair actually, which is thirty-nine. Gotcha. My <laughs> cars are thirty-nine. I got nice. a picture of, some, of one of those cars with like grandma right in front of my car at the World's Fair, and. Bing, suddenly I have a theme for it because <laughs> hot rod guys all have themes, you know? Yeah, exactly. History. Yeah. So, ladies. All right, moving on. Well, uh, you're in charge. So you hey, yeah. Just say, Quiet you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See? Perfect. <laughs> all right. Now, um, so both of you are racers. You obviously do tons of track days. You race, no. race, race. Okay, well, you don't do that anymore, but <laughs> you... you we try. We talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Chad's well, heard about yeah, years full of that. <laughs> so, um, could you tell me what lessons you have brought from the street to racing, and vice versa? Because I don't know that many racers ride as much as you do, or maybe I'm wrong, but it really seems like you guys are. You're on your bikes. Yeah, most of the time. Um, 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 when I was smaller and in high school and everything, I, as I got wheels of my own, I did get to ride on the gas tank and stuff, so I saw what can be done. <laughs> and we, and I, I was born at the races. Um, so, you know, I grew up in racing and going fast, and then got a, a nice little bike, um, dirt bike, learned, learned to go dirt riding, and then you got a little street riding and stuff. And that's how most of the kids started back when. Nowadays, they just ride their dirt. In the city, they just dirt ride their dirt bikes and wheelie around the neighborhood. <laughs> Urban riding <laughs> We couldn't get away that. with that. But anyhow, um, start, started on little bikes. Um, I did both dirt and uh, road racing a little. My dad was president, so I got to ride a couple times in the AFM on a whatever. Um, I totally had the theory first bike I had was really slow, um, but it was really good training. Anything you do like that, the so sooner you can start, the more help your parents can give you and, and guide you along the way, the farther you'll go, the more you could possibly get into it. If you're halfway good, you could be hooked for, for life. You know, and and a, a re it's a real lifetime uh, endeavor to really go and prosper other than, you know, in racing other than you know seeing the sunset and or the world or there's many ways a motorcycle can make your life better <laughs> it's what true what about what about like as as a grown-up can i answer <laughs> can, can, can i have an answer to that question <laughs> yeah give oh us yeah. an answer right, i'm Do sitting it. here trying to multitask here uh pedro is going to call us from mexico at six or seven so we've got to figure out how to actually answer the goddamn phone <laughs> but anyways um Let's see here. I'm trying to do uh, two things at once. So you mentioned your your question was again. Repeat. 
it was what has street riding brought to the track for you and what has the track brought to street riding for you? Okay, well, uh, basically, when I was a kid, my uncle taught me how to ride, so uh, that got me into motorcycles. Um, like Wade and everyone in the 70s or, you know, earlier, uh, Briggs and Stratton, you had these little bikes, that type of thing, and you usually got them from your uncle or something, something, but we were all illegal. You had the, you know, our railroad tracks or, you know, you had your side roads to get to your cer certain points. You know, this was the 80s, so we went to the video arcade, of course. Uh, downtown and you knew where the cops were because there was a 7-eleven and thing and there was only two cops in town so basically you know kind of learned to ride that way um always learned on the street didn't have helmets back in the day uh later on uh, got a dt-175 and um had a little literally 13 mile course around uh, where i lived and it was a little mines or highway one or whatever it was just a two-lane People lived out there, but it was a circle. And I could do that circle before my parents got home. So what I'd do is I'd be done with my paper out and sneak out the DT-175, go and come home. So, uh, yeah, I had my little my, my little uh, TT race course, I guess you could say. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I did back roads, and that's what I did riding. And it was really, really cool. Um, one time I did it, a uh, big rig pulled out, moving someone. I saw All I saw was the grill, and I stopped right in front of the grill. Blah! And I was like, all right, put the bike away. And then I ended up um, driving cars from then. So I totaled a lot of cars trying to be, uh, you know, yeah. fast and shit, you know. <laughs> and uh, back later, I ended up buying a bike again. And uh, that was uh, 86 I bought a bike. 87 I bought a bike, actually. And about a Phaser 700, and from there we had our boys, the Hell Rats, and uh, you know you start out with a group. They all have just like we did as kids, from the Briggs and Stratton bike to the two-stroke, you know YZ80 in the 70s. You had your ragtag friends who had every shape, different shape and size of bike. You know I'm sure the Sunday morning ride had that. You know whoever could yeah. ride rode. You know yeah, whatever you can get your hands on. Exactly. You don't have to. As long have as you got a bike. You call that a helmet? No, but at least you're there, you know. So anyhow, uh, did that for a while, and uh, Mines Road is basically uh, the road we had, and, and that, that's what I did for a number of years, and uh, that East taught Bay me. Kid. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, there's a whole different story. Uh, about 90-something, um, two or three, the judge says, if I ever see you again, you're not allowed here. I'm going to take your bike, and I'm throwing you in jail. So then I went oh, up up north. Guys. Yeah, then I did the uh, actually different than the Highway 1. I still did the Highway 175 and the uh, more of the uh, Lake Berryessa run. So I, I basically, from mines, I went to the Berryessa area to practice uh, being a racer. <laughs> yeah. So uh, basically a lot of corners. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I guess the, the, the idea of your question is um, you go somewhere where you can go uh, hopefully uninterrupted and you know in general it's, it's like anything the more you do something repetition it's in your head you know if you can close your eyes and see the road you're doing really well you know yeah and and dirt riding is more concentrated um, you learn like 10 times as much to ride a bike in control out of control 
what traction is, this kind of traction, that kind of traction. Exactly. Where pavement is kind of close to the same. There's not that many different kinds. You got concrete, and then you got manual covers and this and that. So it's almost a different art, even though it be is mm -hmm. the same and becomes the same. Though it is easier and nicer to fall in dirt than it is on concrete. <laughs> See, so yeah. I'm curious because I learned to ride in San Francisco. I got my license and I got my motorcycle license in the city. This is where I bought my first motorcycle and I was like tooling around in the Presidio, riding through Golden Gate Park at five o'clock when I got off work to go riding. And that was nice. where I learned to ride. And so for me, a huge part of riding motorcycles is dealing with traffic. And so I hear, I hear like uh, MotoGP racers talking about like people who ride on the street and they're like, no, those guys are crazy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Do you guys as street riders have much to like add with your, you know, when you're dealing with traffic, when you're dealing with that car that just won't let you pass or that guy who like thinks he's a hot shot trying to ride your ass um, you know, do you take anything out of your street riding and dealing with traffic and dealing with weirdos who just don't know what they're doing on the road? You, you try to basically stay away from them as much as you can <laughs> and uh, use a throttle and disappear, get away from people like that. Uh, but half of the people are on the telephone. There's so many hidden dangers out there because most people in the cars are not paying attention and they're not trained have no idea what a racetrack is and you don't have to be steering or looking out the window <laughs> you know it will drive itself and run over whatever is in front of it it doesn't care so it's your job to be aware of what they're doing and get around them and if you need to get away that's what horsepower is all about yeah and turn that throttle and get away um, and don't deal with them it's sometimes so little hard hang um, and you can torture those guys also. <laughs> um, you know, it turns out they can't lane split, so you suck one into lane splitting, and oops. Oh, man, I loved it. My first motorcycle was a Ninja 250. I bought it for $1,000, and I used to ride it into Marin, and I'd hang out right at, um, right before you got at the bridge, last light. And I'd wait there in the marina for the light to turn green. And you got these guys in Porsches. And I've got my $1,000 Ninja 250. And that thing is going to beat you off the line every single time. It doesn't matter what car you're in. Yeah, some Did of the scooters it? are yeah. like that, too. Ah, oh, get burned <laughs> by a scooter, a little tiny, whatever. Oh. So your thoughts on, on uh, dealing with traffic, dealing with cars as a racer is just get away and then you can have your fun. And that also applies to say shitty riders on the track is get the fuck away and Yeah, you spend as little time next to them as as you can. So similar. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, we had this guy uh, in our sidecar thing. He had this big long sidecar and stuff and um That's like trikes on highway yeah, 1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try to make something make it really easy and stuff and Suddenly, sideways in front of us, took up the whole road. And Whoa. You know, um, you can mess up on anything. But we're <laughs> so we're and coming. I have. <laughs> we're coming up on them. Um, so I want to say, if anybody who's in, like, race mode is sort of basically trained or training on passing. So that's what we're going to do is try to get by whatever's in front of us. You know, I'm going to sit behind you and wait all day that's probably not going to happen <laughs> so 
pick your line, figure out what's what per the person is going to do, watch the front wheels, and if the front wheels move, you move like a fish and you go with them. If you can't make it through, you probably have more brakes than he does, unless he's got a really fancy sports car. Yeah. You know, so yeah. what vehicle are you on to? A Porsche? A Prius? Avoid a everyone in a Prius. A Formula <laughs> One car or a pickup with something in the back of it? Get away from pickups. <laughs> Sa same thing with a diesel. Get away from diesels and stuff. They could throw anything at you. That is true, and it Whoa. Thrown. It could oh. be their tire. Could be a nut. Look on a s go look on the side of the road and see what you find. You'll be amazed. That's a diesel. Pe people mm -hmm. drop anything and everything. Yeah, so keep your following stuff to a, a minimum. <laughs> your drafting is is for drafting a. A motorcycle, or if you're in a car like NASCAR, um, so na I like to watch NASCAR to watch and, and study drafting. They don't mind if they bang a little bit here and yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I want to know, so Emily heard your secrets of drafting, but I haven't. Yeah. What are your secrets of <laughs> drafting? Well, you gotta, you're following somebody, and you got to get in really close. you got to be within the striking distance. Pretty much, and you can feel it. He, if they're sharp, they'll feel it too. They'll slow down ever so slightly. You'll speed up. You'll be right with them. And then, so are you going to use it on a straightaway, or are you going to jump out from behind them as they enter the corner? I periodically try and figure this out myself with buses on the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat them. <laughs> I mean, I figure there's wind, it's big, like if I'm... Buffeting, I, How yeah. close to the end of it am I? Like, am yeah. I on the corner? Am I right behind? Yeah. Like, how, how do you find that draft zone? Um, Can you find it on the bus? Do I need to find yeah. a motorcycle? They're, not, they're, barely, <laughs> they're barely going fast enough. They're a better wind block than anything. Okay. The yeah, wind's the coming storm from thing. your right, hitting yeah. you, get alongside of it. Give yourself plenty of room, but it's not going to move, but it'll keep you from being pushed around. Yeah. So you can't draft it, drafting it. Yeah, they're not going fast is, enough to really <laughs> draft. <laughs> <laughs> you just hook a bungee cord onto it. <laughs> <laughs> My battering. So can I ask an Isle of Man question? Well, uh, before that, Emily, uh, let's uh, take a small break. Uh, and uh, from here... Uh, your last question was, though, drafting and traffic, and does traffic have anything to do with preparing for racing? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So anyhow, well, uh, opinion. let me just uh, get some music here for a second, and we'll be back shortly. Thank you for hanging out at Racers Alley at Mutiny Radio here in the Harlem Mission. And Pamtastic, I uh, hope you're doing well tonight and your night off, and uh, we're having a great time here. Cheers. And I'm gonna be high as a kite by then <laughs> He knows it might happen I miss oh, the earth so much I miss my wife It's lonely out in space On such a timeless flight Touchdown brings me round again to find 
fact is cold as hell And there's no one there to raise them If you did And all the science I don't understand It's just my job
that came out. There you are. Welcome back to Meeting the Radio here in the heart of the mission. And uh, Racer's Alley's having a fun time tonight. Boy, oh boy, we have a bunch of guests here. And uh, Miss Emily's actually, uh, Miss Emily Wakeman from the Dames Don't Care. Hi. And Miss Shannon, there you are. <laughs> are actually hosting the show. I'm turning up all the mics right now so you can hear them. Uh, Mr. Wayboard's here, and uh, Alex here, and uh, we got Chad and John as well. And what are we doing? Let's do an interview. Okay. So Ms. Emily is basically from the Dames Don't Care. They've done a great job recently. Um, boy, oh boy, they call themselves the Dames Do Care. And what was going on? Well, um, it was it was awesome actually uh lucy carrera um saw an article about a woman in new york who was delivering masks uh to various um institutions and she thought wow we could do this and so started the dames do care and now she um we've delivered i think we've made over we've definitely made over 500 deliveries over the past few months um i mean tens of thousands of masks so it's super duper cool so during this pandemic uh, you guys have been helping the folks out yes we've been trying so yeah. this is this is connecting the people who are making masks at home like all the crafters and folks with the people who need masks so it's not just like here's a bunch of surgical masks from one corporation it's some of that though right it's some of that but most of it is real homespun um, people who get you know, a package of a mask kit that somebody gives them for five masks and then they call it in and we've delivered one spool of thread. We have our friend Rose, she put an entire gigantic industrial sewing machine on the back of her uh, BMW <laughs> 1200. Like it was insane. <laughs> wow. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, we've good, we've done all kinds of good stuff. It's really, really cool. I'm very proud of Lucy and well, I don't need to be proud of anybody. I'm proud of us all. Yeah, yeah, and that's wonderful. And uh, you know, in these times, uh, you know, it's it's nice when you know when all of a sudden uh, folks actually come out of the woodwork to help. Uh, it's it's unusual that uh, a lot of the folks that people would say, "Oh, yeah, you know, goddamn motorcyclists and stuff." And this happened in the Loma Prieta, and after that, uh, there there was a motorcycle troop that uh, they were actually delivering um medical uh needs across the city because they had dual sports and such so it's not the first time that motorcyclists have come out to help uh, uh people in need especially in an emergency hard time which is really cool that's awesome i didn't know about the loma prieta i'm gonna have to do some googling yeah um motorcyclists they they have more than once uh in the 90s also they did kind of fund something in the city for a while as far as uh, uh emergency response for bikes so that was pretty neat. Anyhow, um, RER. So uh, let's see here. As far as uh, any announcements, uh, no. Uh, well, as far as our businesses go, you know, uh, support your motorcycle businesses. Uh, you know, uh, this. The reason I started the show was for therapy, because I was bitching at my boss Sean so many times. Because at Tokyo Moto, you get these folks that would bring tires in that they bought on Amazon to save $50 and then just ask us to put them on. That's a pet peeve for me. You know, I don't go to a bar and bring my own tequila because my shots are cheaper and better. And to me, that's what that says. So support your local shops and stop, you know, uh, shopping at Amazon and stuff. Um, so this this right now is my therapy for the week. 
because we still have people doing that goddamn communists. Anyhow, uh, Super Plush Suspension <laughs> is out there. Uh, Cyclotos out there helping with Rich. Uh, Monkey Moto School. Evan, I believe, uh, just uh, has another person helping him out. And I believe Evan just got one of his stolen bikes back. Uh, there you are. So uh, if, um, it doesn't it didn't look too well, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, poor bike. Uh, CC Rider Toe Chris is out there uh, if you need any toes. So there's a few of us out there, you know, still, you know, trying to help motorcyclists out and stuff. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, support your local motorcycle uh, tow businesses and shops. And uh, for God's sake, stop, stop uh, going to Amazon and that bullshit and start shopping there. Otherwise, one of these days, I'm really going to just go apeshit or something. Uh, uh, Rotano's Leathers is back, uh, Chris. So uh, now that racing's going out there, uh, he's been a guest on our show, uh, Rotano's Leathers, R-E-T-A-N-A-S. Uh, I actually have three leathers that I need to have actually refurbished, so that's really nice to have done, especially since the season's starting. You put everything off to the last minute. I'm sure he's going to be busy. And uh, well, let's see, Fun Track Days is still out there. So, uh, again, give August a call, and they have a couple of good uh, uh, track days coming up here in uh, July 3rd over at Laguna Seca and July 27th at Thunder Hill. So a lot of fun time to be out there. And, again, uh, AFM's back, so uh, definitely go out there. If you're a racer, at least you can get back out. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a half-year license, so it's cheaper than RER. And they'll be racing 7th, 18th, and 19th at Button Willow, uh, August 8th and 9th over at either Button Willow or Sonoma. I don't understand that one yet. And then October 3rd and 4th, they'll be over at Button Willow on a new track, RER. So uh, uh, get your uh, new track uh, gear on. And then uh, October 17th, 18th at Thunder Hill as well. So AFM is back out there having a lot of fun. And uh, we can all use a sport, a lot of have, uh, have a lot of fun out there. And especially, just like Meet Any Radio, you know, we can use all the help we can get. The AFM turn workers are the same way. Uh, without those people, uh, you wouldn't have a track day. And, uh, you know, it's getting harder and harder to find folks willing to volunteer uh, for you to have fun. So a nice thing to do is show your appreciation. So always help the AFM turn workers out there and uh, uh, donate to their fu fund as well. All right, so uh, Miss Emily from Damestone Care and Miss Shannon from Damestone Care are hosting the show tonight. Uh, I guess I'm the commercial, so back <laughs> to your local presentation. <laughs> your irregularly scheduled program. Right? <laughs> okay, so I, I'm going to keep going with the Isle of Man thing. So um, I feel like, so for about 30 days, I did Skag Springs Road which is a really nice riding road in Northern California. It's designed by Army Corps of Engineers. Sometimes. It's generally beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did that for 30 days, and I felt like, oh, I got this. And I know, it, like you guys, I didn't get as much as I could, but I got it to my level of understanding. How long did it take you to get, say, the Isle of Man? Because I know that's something you both have done. Like, to get it on any level where it may be, was useful to you that you could maybe stop paying attention to certain aspects of the road or something. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll answer first. I have no idea where I'm going. I have to ask Wade in <laughs> pictures what turn I'm in. So this would be more of a Wade answer. Yeah, he never did, and he was really bad at it. <laughs> He'll never, never learn anything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's kind of nice to not where you're going, where you're going. So I've been doing the Lost Coast that way i just got a map so i was like oh well that kind of explains where we're going but i don't really know so i have to follow my leader don't lose him 
for your <laughs> loss. Yeah, we've been there before. Yeah, I got lost. My bike broke. So you're yeah. saying, Wade, um, yeah. that helped you learn for the aisle was you were able to have a rabbit? Well, yeah, having a rabbit, somebody to ride with, somebody to, to chase and play with, learn race strategy. No matter what you're playing with, racing, racing, anything. Well, we're, we're talking specifically the Isle of Man. Well, it all, you, you got to grow to that. Exactly. Because that's, that's like the Olympics. Like, so, um, who we went to this uh, mini race thing a little while ago with uh, Derby Racers and uh, Peter Mars. And this oh, yeah. little kid comes up, and so his parents are sponsoring him to do whatever, and wah, 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 and typical, it's totally typical, and the right answer and everything is like, I want to be world champion. Well, dot, 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 you know what you got to do? You got to be everybody here, <laughs> starting there. You got to be everybody here. I don't care what they're on, what they're doing. Uh, that There's a whole lot behind all that, other than that's the dream and yeah so wherever you go you want to just straight up beat everybody yeah it's it doesn't happen all the time it's that's kind of hard to do but so your training is to go racing and in your dream you know you're, you're racing because you want to learn how to beat everybody and then you know you'll move up to a bigger bike or a bigger class or bigger and and you'll find out that there's actually people out there that got real fast bikes and real fast cars and it's always um, someone um, faster unless you got a silver spoon and you're there already um i never had a super 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 bike i never <laughs> i got to ride Just a super. top 10 bike once at the island do a test ride and i got promised oh, the same thing and i got a top 20 bike what about kringle is that the top um, you want someone faster? Same kind of things. I was with Ron Grant. So gotcha. generation before that. I have a question that goes with that. Would you rather have like a like one of the top twenty bikes that you're talking about? Would you rather be on one of those bikes, like the top whatever bike, or would you rather be on a, on a track that you know? Like where are you going to go the fastest? Uh, Wade, I would say we always want to be on the fastest bike anywhere. You yeah. you only get one. You get your you get your favorite track, or you get the best bike. With the best bike, we don't need a favorite track. You don't need a favorite track. <laughs> no, I mean it's very interesting. A lot you go to, you've never been to before. You know. Yeah, you yeah. get you get the best bike, but you're someplace you've never been, or you get a pretty okay bike, but you're on your favorite track. Yeah, um, it'd have to be really close. We we really like our favorite track, and I usually don't get beat on my favorite track. <laughs> I could ride half the bike. And You're racing Highway mm. One. <laughs> I, could, I could still, I could still ride half the bike and and not worry about it. Um, uh, but it's really hard to get away from horsepower once you get it. There's no substitute uh, for horsepower, and your throttle is really your guide. I mean, unless it's a 1984 two-stroke YZ500, <laughs> you should be able to get through a turn okay without, you know, yeah. killing yourself. So, so throttle over brakes. Depends on what, where you're <laughs> at in your location. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean a speedway bike spoke. doesn't have brakes. So I, 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 when I'm talking to you guys, I'm thinking, I think, I'm thinking of the Sunday morning ride because that's that's the you're only like. Talk about it yeah, you need brakes, and <laughs> there you need to know where you're going. Highway one. Anywhere uh, on the street, a track or whatever, a course that you're going to go fast on. It's like we're going to go to Ireland this next year. 
and, and so we're going to rent these bikes. Uh, we're not going to try to set a, a world record or anything, but the, nowadays they have videos. So I've been watching the videos. I kind of know where we're going rather <laughs> than we have no idea where we're going. Even if he watches the video, he'll have no idea where he's going. <laughs> yeah, videos never work for me. It's going to go that way. You go down there and you hang a left. It's going to be backwards. It'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing like being there. But, I mean, as far as for me to be able to road race, when I, go to, when I went to Argentina and when I'm counting on uh, when I go to San Pedro Martir and the hill climb in October, uh, God willing, get my passport and – COVID doesn't keep us away, uh, that's a hill climb. And um, it's going to be the longest hill climb, but <coughs> it's going to be fast. And the, the deal is, I mean, if you've never been on a, 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 a road racing is different. You're, you're, you, don't have a, you don't have a course, a uh, bunch of million turns left, right, and sideways. A lot of them we turn into straights. Uh, you have to have the experience to connect the straights into the tight turns and connect the dots, so to speak. And the only reason, only way you can really do that is not really into me circuit right riding uh, it's about you know back roads everywhere you ride like wade says every turn you've ever done is in your head so when i go somewhere far uh, i've never been before isle of man as well uh i had nine uh, nine laps to learn that course in an r1 uh, and i got my medal uh, the way i did that was i relied on everything i'd ever seen before and every skill set so if you're a knife expert if you're a sword expert Long gun, short gun, everything else in between, karate expert, you're using them all. You know, uh, you're, you're, you're in your basic instinct of survival. And what you're doing is you're using everything you've ever known to go as fast as you can because yeah. otherwise you're Turing. And, uh, <laughs> and, yeah, they don't like yeah. you Turing at the aisle. Yeah. You better Same be thing, on the on gas. Your, on your bike, yeah. use your rear brake. Yeah. A lot of people say, no, 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 use everything you got. Uh-oh, I think we got uh, Pedro here. I'm going to try and answer. You, you guys talk. everything you can. Hill, and the hill climb is like you got you get one shot at it. You don't get to do laps. <laughs> you get one shot. So they'll have practice a couple days or, or a day or so earlier. You do this and anything, but come the race, you get one shot. You're 12 or you're 18 miles. Oof, so, um, yeah, you get one shot at it. Did you do it right? Did you do Oh, thank you for that. You just blow my um, blow my ear. <laughs> oh, you too. Uh, Pedro's uh, here. Uh, he's calling from uh, Mexico. And uh, Pedro, cómo estás? Excelente. Y tú, hermano, cómo estás? Uh, that's an extension of my Spanish. I'm doing well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, uh, for our listeners out there, um, we're going to be uh, going to road racing. Wade and I over in Mexico. And uh, Pedro's uh, starting a, uh, a road race, I guess, in February, I believe. And you're going to have the hill climb in October. And uh, introduce yourself, mate. Yes. Um, hi, all. I'm doing well. I'm from, calling from Tijuana, Mexico, right now. And, yes, our next race is October 2nd and 3rd. And um, it's going really well. We've got 40 people registered, including you, Alex. So I'm are. hoping that you will come. Wade also is on the list. Oh, there he is. And uh, it's all going to, according to plan. So, you know, I hope that you all can make it. It's going to be fun. It's a 30-kilometer circuit, or not circuit, excuse me, route, um, going okay. up the San Pedro Martir Hill Climb. And it's got 150 turns. It climbs up to 6,000 feet, or 8,000 feet, excuse me. And uh, it'll be fun. We've got... Uh, Really, really good racers, including you, Alex. 
we got Cody Vassholes coming. We got Scott Butler. We have Chris Kaminsky from Colorado, Colin Barton from Dublin, and uh, that that kind of crowd. That's awesome. Uh, I, I didn't know uh, we had so many motorcyclists going. Uh, that's that's great to know. And um, yeah, I've been looking. Uh, th this evening's uh, show is uh, being uh, hosted by Miss Emily, and she was talking about what, what it takes to get into road racing and stuff, and um, what it takes to be at a course that you've never been at before. And um, uh -huh. I've been looking at that on the videos that you have, and it looks like a really, really fun course, really fun time. I see at least one jump that will be nice. And yes. um, it's a beautiful tarmac, and um, I look really good. I really look forward to it. And um, yeah, what do you think? Uh, would it be like 80 degrees out there at the time, or a little bit? No, 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 no. Because it climbs from from uh, 500 meters above sea level all the way to 2,500, you have really two climates going on there. Wow. When you start, it is about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, and once you reach the top, it it lowers to about 60. So so it's about a, a 10 degree differential in temperature. Okay. Nice. Also, the tarmac itself has got different graining. Um, yes, I saw that. from smooth to somewhat slippery, and mm -hmm. uh, it might be some sand, but we try and, yeah. and, and sweep it off before the race to have a clean, clean um, uh, surface. The best we can. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I've been studying it. it. Looks like a great course. I mean, uh, Wade and I uh, ran in Argentina in 2010 up in Copina, and uh, uh -huh. similar. You know, it's a mountain course. You got a lot of straights, uh, Armco barriers, uh, different t different grades of uh, asphalt. Uh, yeah, uh, to me that reminds me of a local road in in Livermore and the way it's set up. It's I mm -hmm. I kind of see it in like four different sections. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, uh, going out there and uh, having a great time. And um, so um, earlier we were, you know, over on the uh, face of my book, uh, uh, we were uh -huh. mentioning um, paperwork. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of think you want to have right. your pink slip. You want to have everything you possibly can because, you know, like Wade and I have been to the aisle more than once. I mean, you mm -hmm. don't want one piece of paperwork to ruin a $10,000 or whatever $1,000 trip, right? You kind of want to exactly. have Exactly. You have together. so much invested in your race machine in your race program and this and that and you don't want a piece of paper uh, to send you back home before even touching mexico so you do need to bring for your trailer your, your pull vehicle your race machine the, the proper paperwork if if any of those uh, vehicles are touching the highway in transportation you need to have a valid registration for the race machine itself you do need to have some paperwork. And what is that paperwork? You need to have proof of ownership and a registration. Now, some people think that because you, you're bringing a race machine, you cannot get paperwork or a title or, excuse me, a registration for it. You can. If it is California or Arizona, go to your Department of Vehicles and get a green sticker or a red sticker, gotcha. whichever may be the case. Off-road, um, yeah, okay. It's called a, a, in California at least, it's called a, a OHV, off-highway vehicle uh, registration. Yeah, we're and, familiar uh, with that. Where are you going? Hello? Get your paperwork. So there's no excuse. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, my, my main uh, trepidation is the passport, but I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. It's not the oh, first well, time. Well, that's another issue, too. Yeah. You do need to bring your pa your passport, and you can get the short form, which is a, you know, like a uh, valid license size uh, document that you, you have in your pocket. Now, with that, I'm not familiar on how long it takes or, or how much it costs, 
but no, that, uh, that's our side here because of the COVID or whatever. But I'm just right. keeping my fingers crossed for that. But for our listeners, yeah, I mean, it's common sense to have all your paperwork for your truck, yourself, and the vehicles you're taking across. Because last thing you right. want to do is, you know, be sent back for something silly, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, you know, as far as our listeners and peace people on Facebook, that that's you know, that's that's what we need to do, and we'll we'll get that done. Um, I just uh, saw something on Facebook. You had a letter, and uh, the government is pretty happy about uh, the February oh, yeah. road races. Yes, uh, Tecate is a small town, and uh, it's right on the on the U.S.-Mexico border, located right at the uh, Tecate port of entry. And the race course that we have designed, real road, is uh, 20 miles from the border, so it's easy peasy. Wow. Queasy. So, <laughs> yeah, and and we did do the presentation to the uh, state of Baja government, and uh, they're happy about it. They're behind it all the way. Today, I, I had another meeting with the Department of uh, uh, of Highways, I guess you could call it, and I did tell them that we're doing this race. They're happy about it too, and. And they're even going to help to clean up the highway because you've seen pictures of how it is right now. There's some grown bush around it because this this piece of highway is no longer in, in much use anymore. So that's what makes it attractive to us. There's not a lot yep. of traffic, so real it's road racing. control, and uh, it's all going according to to plan. We're, we're really happy about it, and the authorities are behind it all the way. You know, it's it's. Uh, it will contribute to the local economy in a great way, in well, the short term and in the long term, I'm hoping. I, I see that, number one, um, a new era is coming as far as road racing in South America, uh, you know, down south, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, like I said, Wade and I were in Argentina 10 years ago. But you're, you don't see a lot of organized road racing. And what you're doing right now is, you know, you're cracking that door open. And, uh, you know, however many Europeans end up showing up will be great, but just, you know, the, the, the more you do it, the bigger it'll get, you know, that type of thing. And uh, especially with your hill climb, you know, this is the fourth year on your hill climb. And, you know, right. it looks, looks wonderful. You know, it's a, it looks a great time. And uh, the the area that you have uh, selected for uh, layover, that type of thing, it's a, it looks like a wonderful hotel. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we had the same fun time in Argentina. And uh, Wade calls it a... Uh, Racing vacation? Yeah, racing vacation. Racing vacation. Racing vacation. So, yeah. I wait. Is she there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right here. I'm going to listen to the whole thing. All right, wait. Say something. Come on. Let's hear you. (laughs) We would love to come zoom down there. We love Baja. I've been to Baja a couple of times, but yeah. What did the missus say? <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't know about that one yet. Um, she's not so much in the You, you better start working that, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that, uh, good question. Uh, that being said, uh, are you going to have sidecar uh, come? Do, does it depend on how many sidecars, or have they been any interest in that? Or I have not heard from any sidecars except maybe Wade, and we'd love to have some sidecars. It'd be, it, you know, it's. It's a great road. Uh-oh. You got a job there, Wade. All right. (laughs) He'll put the word out and see if we can get some sidecars down there. But it's really only three hours from the border, you know. uh, only well, Chad's driving, so all I have to do is sit there and just go to sleep. But uh, oh, now that you mentioned that about from the border, (laughs) what we do is to make everybody happy and and feel safer. Uh, We have the federal police escort the racers to to uh, the location. As long as you, you're at the border at a certain time, 
uh, we we uh, organize a caravan that goes from the border into Cate. Nice. That's convenient. To, uh, yeah, it makes everything easy peasy. Yeah, we, uh, earlier we were just talking about that as well, as far as road racing. Don't lose the guy who knows where he's going, where he's going. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I'm very happy to hear that uh, the government's it, it really liking the February. And, you know, I'm really, really uh, keeping my fingers crossed for October. Uh, that's where I want to be, you know. So um, I'm working on it. Uh, I'll be sending you some stuff soon. But uh, yeah, basically, it's the, I'm just the, the whole thing. The only thing that's going to keep me away is the passport. But Wade and I have been there before, where you know we were waiting for the last minute to leave, and uh, everything worked out anyhow. So uh, that's I hope what everything works race, out. Right? You're always racing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nothing's ever easy. Uh, so uh, anyhow, I look really forward to being there in October, and I'm sure we'll be talking on the show before then. Uh, anything yes, else you want to tell the folks? No, it's all good. You know, it's just tell your friends. That's right on, Pedro. All, <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll, we'll be communicating. You can find us on Alex Torres Mori, I guess, Facebook book. Uh, they took away my right. racer's alley. But we'll work on getting a group together so we can all communicate easier and uh, have a great time. And uh, thank you for calling, mate. Thank you all. Bye-bye. All right. All right cheers. Right cheers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Uh, Pedro's uh, getting together road racing there in Mexico. Uh, it's a new endeavor. Uh, he's been doing the hill climbs. Uh, this will be the fourth year, I believe. Uh, they've always had racing down there. Uh, Wade's always done an unofficial uh, Baja run, and uh, they got, uh, you know, the Baja now is from the uh, leftover from the Paris Dakar uh, stuff, and they have some Baja as well. So, anyhow, a lot of good off road racing, but. A proper road race they haven't really had, and we're looking forward to be uh, pioneering that. Uh, Part of it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it should be a fun time, a fun track, that type of thing. So anyhow, uh, let's take a break here for a second, and uh, I will just hit the CD player and enjoy Elton John again. Cheers.
So how do you like my DJing? You know, I just stick a CD in that I find here and throw it in. And this week it's Elton John. But uh, we really miss Milk Crate. It's always nice when he's here because he actually has a great selection of music. Nothing's wrong with Elton John, but uh, he gets a little uh, old. So anyhow, um, yar yar. Uh, Wade Boyd's here. Um, Dames don't care. Miss Shannon and Emily are here. And uh, let's see. Let's see what's going on. Question. What's going on? Up against the wall. What? Up against the wall. Cops here? They got questions. <laughs> oh. um, okay. I had one picked out. Let me see. Okay. Actually, this is so I sort of have never interviewed anybody. since. Well, at least not since I was in third grade. So I was having some issues coming up with questions. So I listened to some interviews actually with John McGinnis over uh, like he's done a bunch of them. And he really likes answering the kind of questions I like asking. So be like him. And uh, <laughs> um, so one of the things he said is that he feels after a race a great sense of relief. And I always imagine there'd be this huge sense of pride or at least exhaustion. <laughs> but he said it was relief that it was done and he could relax for a second. How do you feel after that kind of thing? It could be in, uh, many different things. Uh, and he's on a different different level and. Um, have people and organizations behind him with pressure okay. to okay, win. True. Yeah. And we actually don't, we really, really want to win. And you try your little heart out, go as fast as you can and everything. But, um, you know, you got to deal with the, the reality of, you know, you might be dealing with some friends or hopefully friends that are got faster equipment. But if you, as long as you did good and you felt good with, with your effort and didn't really make any mistakes or you know big mistakes <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, you still have to deal with the equipment that you have so like nowadays so everybody in the world has an r6 they all go a million miles an hour exactly the same speed and so uh, racing um on all those things they're a little closer um that's why they have like uh front brake guards now it's almost bumper bikes it's not supposed to be super bike racing. Yeah, um, but you know, so I want to say you kind of got a, a two-inch rule, or do you have a six-foot rule? You know, or can you get in there? So to do drafting, you got to get inside that six-foot spot to be able to get them to pull you along, so that you can pass them going to the next corner. It all comes back down to strategy and what, who's who's doing what and where you're going and and can your bike can you make your bike do this? So as you're having that struggle, can I answer the question? Oh, yeah. oh sorry. Yes. Okay. Number one, I think this this phantom music that I'm hearing that's driving oh. me crazy is actually maybe one of my feelings is getting something from Russia or something. I don't, I don't, I'm I definitely hear hearing noises and it's driving me absolutely crazy. I did hear Pam for a second. I'm not uh, blaming Pam. I think there's, there's, there's music going on somewhere in my head. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you know, uh, what happens after a race? Uh, any race, of course, you feel a sense of jubilation or whatever. Uh, if you're a real racer, you're always pissed because you never went faster. Uh, it's a thing. Uh, you're right. Everybody's got a different take on it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why you're asking these questions. And uh, as far as my side, um, yeah, when you finish the race, when I finished the Isle of Man the first time, it was uh, incredible. Like I said, I only had nine laps to do it. Um, Wade was there, and we went to Bushy's tent. 
R.E.R. Great time. And celebrate like you're supposed to. Exactly. That's, that's how they do it over We're there. We're done. You got your leathers, you're half off. And I'm, I was actually sitting over there on the side for a second. And then Wade goes, it's like, Alex, or actually, I don't know if it was you or John, but sitting over there alone, just trying to just be alone and have my couple of beers and just like, oh, you are. I just did the Alaban uh, TT and uh, sitting there. It's like, hey, mate, uh, a friend's over there for you. And I'm like, all right. So I'm sitting there drinking. And it's like, hey, mate, a friend's over there for you. And I went and it was one of our mates here that uh, I knew forever uh, riding alone on the FCR 400 training for the Isle of Man. I'd always see him over at what used to be Red Tail Ale Brewery in Hopland, you know. So here is uh, a lifetime later because he'd see me. We don't be the only guys alone. And it's like, what are you doing? I'm trying to be a racer. And I was like, really? What do you do? Are you a fib? FCR Porter? Yeah. What, what, what points are you in? You're last. But here we are, a million years later. And Wade goes, here he is. And uh, I want to say his name's Mark. Uh, anyhow, um, older codger. You know, he was an old codger back then. And he says, Alex. I was like, R. Because he asked Wade. You know, you're like, you know, you know Alex Torres Mori? You're American. You yeah, know, remember that here. kid? And he goes, he's right there. And after all these years later, this guy, 15 years later, goes, saw you there he was there with his son so that was really cool to have that jubilation of uh finishing you know um like i said whenever you finish anything of course uh um me i'm always hard on myself i could always gone faster alaman is different everyone wants to just finish uh the years wade and i went a lot of people died uh which is different as well uh so yeah i mean uh in the end, you have a couple of beers at the beer tent, and you start planning for next year, and you make a bunch of friends and connections. Yeah, and you know. John's a little more in the, in the level. They're actually trying to win it. <laughs> McGinnis? Yes. Yeah. We don't have that. You it's know, a, it's I mean, a big difference. We, yeah, we, we can't it. even we, afford we the gas for that bike. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> those guys got bikes that are 20 miles an hour faster than ours, no matter what they're doing. And people to take care of you. Yeah. All you gotta and do is yeah, show up. Everything. So mm -hmm. it's it, it's a different level there, but um, so you you know you could still ha be joyous or not. Or we're happy to you know finish this and that. But it's also what kind of ride did you have? Did you ride alone? Did you get to ride with somebody? Did yeah. you get a battle with well. somebody? Those are usually the best. You battle it out with somebody. It'd be nice if you won, but it goes either way. If he made you work for it or whatever, he got you the last second. Um, whatever there's there's always big stories and you know, hopefully you do finish with a smile well i'm yeah. sure everyone finished with a smile but like you said um it's definitely nice to be racing with folks you know um because you all get back together it's like r and then you bench race which is even better because uh you're always faster bench racing you know yeah. that type of thing especially you know. if you got to race with the, the person that you're talking with yeah exactly your brother yep. you know mm -hmm. it ends up being your brother your sister all the same thing you're all doing the same thing, and um, at the aisle, it's kind of like sticking your neck out, even on a, a regular course, whatever. You're sticking your neck out a little bit. Yeah, it's you know, like you I said. Uh, doing anything. Road racing is different, and then circuit racing, which is a course. And, uh, yeah, and it's even yeah. a little more dangerous, more dangerous than circuit ra most circuit racing. Again, you can get hurt at any of them, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are hurt more so over in the road racing categories in, you know, the U.K. and Ireland, Europe and stuff. Well, uh, however tall you are, uh, think about 
that's the limit when you crash road racing. So that's the next thing that you're going to hit when you go off a bike. You know, it's that things are that close. You know, Six foot limit. Yeah, exactly. Don't even don't even think about crashing. You know, just look where yeah, you want to go. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a different sport. Yeah. So it's a lot of learning, training, everything you ever did, down to the last second, the last lap is actually maybe what you're using to make that next corner. Yeah, you know, at one so point. it all yeah. adds up. What did you do? How much training did you do? Oh, I did 20 push-ups. No, I did 5 million push-ups. <laughs> exactly. You know, And also, you have to have enough gas to finish. <laughs> yeah. Wait, had that problem my 99R1. Somebody's got to yeah. do the calculations right. <laughs> yeah, it's got to it's got to get to the finish line. The bikes got so fast on the stock R1, they ran out of gas and Wade ran out of gas on my 99R1 at Windy Corner, I think. I don't know how many laps, maybe two. It was just under two laps. You yeah. got to make all of two laps. Yeah. All of it. And it was yeah, at full throttle, they they drink a lot more gas. Yep. And that year, we learned what people did. <laughs> it's like a good old boys in NASCAR. Thicker fuel line wound up under the tank to carry another jar. <laughs> they uh, put air in there to expand the tank, and yeah. they cut off the uh, the the nozzle up front, uh, the the right height yeah. nozzle, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know another one. They um, um, somebody made a containers about it holds about a quart of whatever fuel and it was in the air box and they got away with it yeah <laughs> so who's looking in the air box for fuel right yeah. so it's only cheating if you get caught and somebody complains what are some other non-cheating <laughs> tricks that you've learned <laughs> oh we never cheat no no, no it's not. A, we don't know how to cheat that's Pro- called uh, professionals know how to cheat. That's called creative fuel consumption. <laughs> yes, it's not cheating. So we got a fuel so creative fuel consumption. What are what are some other good tricks that people have learned to maximize their winning potential? Three shots of tequila before you go out and maybe a <laughs> point. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Dep- <laughs> depends uh, which one you're you're after or whatever. So I d- did the Cabo 1000 once upon a time, way back when. Right. We used I to race from the bike. border to Cabo San Lucas. First one of the giggling Marlin wins. And I wasn't actually after the the barrier because it's kind of dangerous because nobody knows we're coming. Um, but I rode my RZ this first year, and I ended up playing with a BMW that was carrying extra fuel. I was like, why am I playing with him? We're cruising at 100 and. Anyhow, he did good. I had problems, but that's a bike that I should not be seeing. So I came back the next year with extra fuel, and then I got another bike. Anyhow, I I went with the extra fuel, and there was never, never, never a rule, and Ray even talked about it. He was the head instigator. We don't have any rules. We're not going to have any rules, and wah, wah, wah. Well, after I won twice, (laughs) he came up with a fuel size limit rule. Because I had, I th- in theory, had 17 gallons of fuel, and now you could only have, like, 11. You, you can't have any more than I want to run. <laughs> Oops, we said that. Anyhow, there was a rule on that, and but it was really uh, what could you do, what could you live with, what could you put up with. I tried 17. I had a buddy who actually did 29, and he fell over one time. <laughs> And he needed help picking it up. He said, blah, blah, blah. I'm never doing that again, <laughs> which is what I told Ray of all along. 
everything will limit itself. You'll limit yourself with what you can do, what you can get away with. If like like this other guy, Rich, did the twenty nine gallons. Well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> the fifteen to seventeen actually was just right. It was like super touring at a big tank bag um size gas tank and I had fuel in the back, it was all plumbed in. And I could make two stops. Every other stop, I could go 200 miles with the throttle, you know, fairly open, uh, cruising 130, 140, 150. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. The newer bikes will go even faster than that. But uh, there's more stuff on the road. We aren't actually aren't doing that anymore, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, you know, learning, coming up with a strategy that would win and did. Um, I did that with my DTR1. I'm running a uh, 05R1 on the mile right now. Any bike, any year, you can ride anything you want. You gotta ride it. Nobody else can ride it for you. And can you ride that thing? And nobody else has been able to do it yet. But uh, this next year, um, about four guys are gonna show up with a something um, similar. But uh, anyhow, the R1 has been doing really good. I've been winning the last few or so Sacramento miles on it. Woo! On a bike that I just built out of. That's what that's what grows in our neighborhoods. We don't even have dirt bikes here. I need something that's going to go really fast down <laughs> that straightaway. Was that that uh, Deer R1? <laughs> no, that's another one. Um, I got this one from through Mission Motorcycles. Ah, nice. And and and. First they said yes, and then they said no, and then the original guy said it'll never work, and you got the wrong bike, and and it, things worked out. I, I, I basically borrowed it, and deals worked out, and I ended up getting the whole thing because we traded parts and this and that, and, 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 and I built the bike anyhow, and you got to learn how to ride it like everything else. What does it do? What can you get away with? And get it to where you can you learn to use the throttle it's all about the throttle (laughs) everything is a throttle everything is a wrist everything else is a band-aid or a helper to the throttle it's all about throttle control that's really good yeah so all right do i have time for one more question you have a bit of time oh Uh, we got 10 minutes at least well let's let's start with um my Whenever favorite color is blue. <laughs> <laughs> and Espanol, please. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was in my watching a bunch of motorcycling interviews. Somebody started talking about the last lap of their race. And it was super exciting. And I love the way motorcyclists tell the stories because there's a lot of sound effects and stuff so this is really radio friendly (laughs) so what is the last minute or the last lap of your of your race like you know it's your last lap right so is that 37 corners 150 corners or four all of it well there is a difference make you move soon (laughs) okay let's go 100 and what how many yeah the big one Uh, the alley yeah, you could, you could chase somebody for half a lap. You could chase somebody for three quarters of a lap, and it still gets down to a couple corners. I've I've passed somebody down on the lower part, and then have them pass me over the mountain. You'll never see this person again. 
but you still got to deal with something like a hairpin, like Governor's Bridge. And I've, like, gone under that person at Governor's Bridge. Thought I'd never see him. Went under him. I've also come into what they used to have a stop box. Never was going to see those guys again. And we had three people abreast (laughs) in the stop box. You got strong and weak points. Yeah. uh, Hairpins, corners, braking. Lots of braking and and lots of determination. I really, really want to be there. You got to pull the talent through to be able to be there. Determination is a great word for it. You have to have the will and you have the talent and and, and the will to be there. And Yeah, you're right, Wade. I mean, you really, really... Number one, you don't go to the aisle unless you want to be there or any type of racing. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it has to do with you have to actually, number one, accept what you're willing to do. I accept, you know, we're talking about, uh, are we at the AA meeting? I accept who I am. Yes. Anyways, you have to accept your racing. And from one, from, from, from there, the, net one, the next one is commitment in my book. You have to accept it and then you commit. And once you commit, you make a plan, you know. And um, depending on what you're doing, it can be a really big plan and it's a really huge plan. And, um, you know, we haven't even scraped the subject of what and Everybody's got a plan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they don't work out. You know, uh, that's a, that's the thing. So yeah, you gotta have a plan, and you have to you have to have the gumption to go there. But more importantly, the will. You know, I mean, um, you're going out in harm's way, and you have to actually, like you said, no touring. You know, <laughs> gotta go back you to know. the throttle. Yeah, throttles uh, and so the mm-hmm. TT is is like the I call it the Olympics of, of road racing. So. Y- like I used to look, don't really do it, but look over and make sure your throttle is pinned and there's nothing left. Because exactly. that's where everybody else is uh, until you get to them top ten bikes that have an extra throttle. And then they <laughs> got to kind of nurse it or something. It's like, my throttle doesn't work like that. No. Yeah, what do you mean it's not pinned? <laughs> you pin it. You pin it because otherwise dude is going to pass you. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, uh, people have better gear and such, but um, it takes a lot of commitment, and just uh, in general, I mean, uh, uh, will and skill set, you know, and that goes across the board on what you're doing and uh, how long you've done it, you know. Um, Shoot, wait, I'm sure uh, your pops was running uh, the Island Man. When did he start? He did it in 66. Okay, I was born then, so uh, I wasn't watching. Uh, So... uh, yeah, it was in Ireland too. That was the year of the of the lorry strike, which is the trucker strike. <laughs> so supposedly they did it around the Manx or something like that. But he did a bunch of races in Ireland, so that's why he always told me go to Ireland. So that's where I'm trying to go to Ireland again. Well, that's my bucket list. I always wanted to be a road racer, even though in a sense I've done it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you want to go to Ireland to be a road racer, you know? I mean, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to do that in the in the near future. Yeah, uh, the the, yeah, there, there, there is a plan. There's so a plan. we're getting there. Uh, a little bit of a mountains before then, meaning uh, for me, uh, San Every Pedro Martir, and um, uh, to me, I'd like to do San Pedro Martir, and then uh, the Cane Road Race, and then the road race in February over there in uh, uh, Baja. Um, yeah. You've got, yeah, I think, Australia maybe coming up in January. Again, they've closed yeah. the they've closed if the world down yeah. over there. If we can ship in November, then it's on. If it's not, it's again next year, and we get a break, <laughs> and we go on to the next one. Yeah, so I mean that's the thing. I mean you got a plan. There's a lot of heartbreak in racing. Just like uh, you want to be an actor, yeah, you're a waitress. 
waiter, you know, yeah. uh, uh, valet. Yeah, it takes years to actually do something, you know. Uh, for me, it's 10 years on. You guys were mentioning earlier talking about riding and stuff, but Wade knows I'm barely out there riding. I'm barely out there racing, you know. I mean, geez, we've had a handful of uh, times over the years uh, doing both. But uh, really, I mean, you never really see me out there. Uh, racer never races and rider never rides. But when I do, I, I try my best and have a great time. And uh, next year is going to be a good time. And uh, we're going we're gonna to have a lot of good plans. You That's know? right. <laughs> yar, yar. You know? e- even if you're camping, right? Camping, camping. Oh, yeah, the camping Mr. part. Mr. I've never <laughs> camped at the uh, racetrack that's, before. That's Chad's over there. He's got to get me in a camping or something. Yar. <laughs> you don't <laughs> camp? Who camps? The only what? time. The only time. <laughs> He's Mr. Hotel. Yeah, I'm a Who hotel. They have a television. I like, I like a TV. I like a well, shower. Well, now I know where to go for bed, a shower. You know. I got to have the hot tub. Are. Yeah. Okay, Never had a hot, hot tub. tub. makes it worth but it. Yeah, I've always been a, a hotel guy. But yeah, nowadays but with the, the virus and shit, it's probably not a good yeah. idea. But, yeah, but uh, yeah, the only time I ever camped was twice in my <laughs> life. Twice. Actually, three times. Three times in my life I camped. Two weeks each time. And it was at the Isle of Man TT. And so I was, I'm a suck camper, but I had my 99R1 and Goldie, our uh, Honda Cub uh, scooter, in my tent with my cot during a, yeah, during a uh, gale force storm of 10 or whatever, <laughs> uh, the Manx GP. But the only time I ever camped suckily, and you know, like I'm sorry, was each time at the Isle of Man yeah, that's for three weeks. Camping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That so, anyways, I've camped three times, and I got my medals times. for it. <laughs> Matt, we love you and miss you. <laughs> Move along. Matt? Don't worry. He's he's listening and texting you. Uh, you know, this is like a porn show. Te- when we texter. when you get your name thing, we need a $10 donation on the thing. We need to hear a <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So, Matt, that's $20 now. We said your name twice. Please <laughs> donate to GoFundUs at Mutiny Radio. Uh, GoFundMe, you can there find you us go. on the interwebs. And that's for everybody named Matt? <laughs> oh, everybody. <laughs> yeah, all right. Every Matt listening No right Kens, now. only Matts. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, we have uh, another eight minutes. Give us another question. Again, my favorite color is blue. Well, this is sort of along those same lines. It's like a simple child's question. Describe for me your passion for motorcycle racing. Three words. I don't do. Uh, and well, one of you thinks about it. Words. The other, yeah. Sorry, buddy. I don't do those. Oh, those are three words. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. That was four. I got four. I'm All bad right. at math. Right, I failed. Whatever. Okay. Give me a, a, a very simple reason that you love racing. If you had to. I know. Okay, we born into you, Wade. You didn't ask me, but I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, give you mine. Mine was the first time I was ever on a motorcycle. I was on the back because that's generally, unfortunately, how a lot of ladies are introduced to motorcycles. And I was getting ridden around, and I thought, wow, this is like being on a roller coaster, but I could let go, and i die. And that's really cool. And that that's not three words, but that was my, <laughs> like, passion for motorcycles right there is yeah. this is like a roller coaster, but if I let go, I die, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So it's something along those lines. It's your own personal roller coaster. Yes. goes yes. fast or slow. It turns when you want to turn. <laughs> when you Sometimes. think you have clearance <laughs> to turn. <laughs> Follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, don't we try? Don't we try? 
All right, so Alex, you you're not weighing in on this question. It's uh, too no. simple. Ari, All right, Ari. let me. <laughs> Wait, <to> answer. <laughs> Ari, he even Ari, talked. Ari. He even smoked Alex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, ooh, would you answer a question for me? And it's so simple. You already tried that. Blue. It didn't work. Blue. My break question. My break marker question. How do break markers work? Uh, finding something. A break marker doesn't move. <coughs> so as you come blasting in at whatever miles an hour, you can figure out that that doesn't move. If I break right here, if I can break at turn marker three or two, if I can break there, I can dive <laughs> in. I can still survive and make the exactly corner. exactly what he meant. I can tell how you count. You're like, one, two. <laughs> okay, go. <laughs> Threshold, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, um, boy. Uh, I go just a little farther. <laughs> and I was on, I was doing a beach race on the on the at the Isle of Man one day, and and so I was using this this guy, this turn worker, Marshall, as a brake marker. And he goes, and he goes, yeah, I figured it out. So the next time I come around, he moved over ten feet. <laughs> Changed everything. I, I I I got through it and everything. Cause I, we totally joked about that. Yeah, but you change you change your brake marker. It's a little more critical road racing, not on an open beach, um, because you uh, circuit racing you have a couple feet leeway, road racing you may have a couple inches. You know, yeah, maybe, where you going, where one, you land, maybe two. You can't be scrubbing them walls or hay bales. There's a hay bale on a telephone pole, and that's all you get. And if you touch it more than a skim. It'll throw you across the road, and you you won't be going down. You won't be riding anymore. Emily and Yark. I went to uh, Northwest several years ago, and there was a uh, someone managed to launch their bike into somebody's garden, and there was a very nice garden fire. So it was a very quick lesson in how <laughs> delicate road racing yeah. is. Yeah. So again, you need gear, 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 gear. Whether you're street riding, road racing, all all through the above, and so road racing will teach you how, how to have the proper up-to-date gear so you can survive something like that which is very similar to street riding mm -hmm. dealing with obstacles cars this and that whether you actually get up again or not or bounce up wow that was phew i, I survived that so yeah <laughs> armor um and so road racing all that backs all that up you can't have this without that or you don't survive and there's another season there's another day there's another race you know you want to make the next 10 live years, for the next years. one you know <laughs> yeah we all want to win but you know, everybody wants to win everybody's got a plan so you got to be really sharp and i don't want to win try. i want a bronze I I'll get a bronze. You guys got you bronzes. Go. All my friends have got bronze medals. I want a fucking bronze medal, so I'm going to go back and get me a bronze medal. <laughs> uh, so that's my thing on it. But your question was brake markers, and brake markers have to do with familiarity. And that depends if you're on a circuit or if you're on back roads or whatever. Usually, like, let's bring up mines again. Here you are. There's four sections. Uh, you're looking at canyon. You always want to look ahead. Line of sight's the more important thing. But brake markers are about familiarity. Um, look at where you're at, where you're going, uh, uh, pay attention to actually everything around you, but you got that tree. When I was at the Isle of Man, Wade, first thing, he goes, Alex, going into yeah. Bala Bridge. Um, 
look at the pole and turn left. When you look at the pole and turn left, you're looking at a wall in front of you. So you're going as fast as you can towards a wall. So forget about that. You look at the pole, brake, and turn left. That's Road racing has to be about um, trust of where you're going out of line of sight. And, um, yeah, so you got to do that. So um, braking's familiarity, you know, and uh, you got to know where you're at. And what you do is you do it in increments. You know, you find where you're at. Okay, go there. I can find that. Then you got your other thing. I'll go there. But uh, it's yeah. something you want to take in increments unless um, at a more advanced level you take that and use it as a, a extreme marker. Um, extreme marker is what you do when you go braking and you brake so hard you see Jesus and he's giving you a thumbs up. Um, then you know you just got out through something that you shouldn't have and uh, go from there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for that shit. Uh, braking is very, very important, but um, depending on what you're doing, you brake. You should brake and give it the gas before you go into a turn. But as a road racer, sometimes you brake, you point, you turn left really hard, and then you give it the max amount of gas, which is called you know warp speed. So you're calling point and shooting. Uh, one of the reasons I want to take my bike to Mexico the R1 instead of the 636 is I want to go with a bike that I'm able to make up for when I'm not able to go as fast connecting the dots. So if you want to go fast road racing uh, to a certain extent and you don't know what the full course, it's always best to have more horsepower. <laughs> and more horsepower gets you out of trouble. So that's what I've got. All i got to say about that. Because it seems like a bunch of stuff's going on in here. What, the cops coming in? <laughs> God damn it. You know, we're not goddamn processing. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyways, any more questions? I, I have a funny story to relate like about breaking. We got a minute and a half. Alex, I'm going to tell you a funny story about breaking that happened across the street when Emily and I <laughs> traded bikes for, like, not even a minute, but Emily. Four blocks. Four blocks. I was on my... DRZ 400. Mm -hmm. Shannon was on her hyper motard. We gotcha. switched bikes. I rolled it. It's the gone. I crashed it. Oh, Sorry. quiet you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I ended up almost doing a stoppy when I got on the hyper motard coming up to the first light. Shannon glided into the middle of the intersection because <laughs> she was on the DRZ 400. Those have very so. different brakes. <laughs> <laughs> Brake markers would have done us no good. Yeah. There's many ways you can always just clamp on the brake and Bob's your uncle from there, you know. Um, yeah, nowadays they have these uh, bikes with the uh, anti-lock brakes and stuff. I've never personally ridden one. I do not uh, know exactly about them. Um, a lot of friends have them. Wade just got this brand new, uh, well, uh, newer generation R1 that does everything. It's kind of turned down a little It's bit, a singer right? sewing machine that has Ooh. all the buttons. A whole new level, yeah. Yeah. You want to have cross stitch. You want to have straight stitch. You know, I think that's a sewing thing, A right? button holer. A button holer. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Cornholio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Getting weird here. All right. Well, theoretically, we are off our show tonight. Thank you for joining Racers Alley here at Meet Me Radio in the heart of the mission. Uh, we're going to take a 10-minute break and see if we just want to chill out for a second all right cheers and i guess listen to whatever's on right now <laughs> that's jenner 
You I remember Jenner. Jenner. Okay, I'm sorry. Jenner's in the house. I was trying to tell her how he found all the dead fish. No, you were telling me about the rocks. The rocks, but then how he found all the dead fish and how you got stranded on the rocks trying to find a crash card. Who are you on the phone with, Wade? Eric Window. COVID started. That is fantastic. That was, we went from like 43 part-time employees to like uh, My favorite part, though, in the video was watching the one girl dance not as great as the other. That's how I knew that it was going to be rap. Yeah, we 
Hampton is nonsense. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. It's just kind of nonsense, but it sounds great. For some reason, it's just like, it's like comedy. Like, the word duty is just fun. No one knows why it's funny. It's funny. And then the same emotional response from just it sounds hella deep, and I guess in this case, it sounds hard as fuck. I have no idea what they're saying. The notes, it's just, I, I can mumble along, Wow, you think for 10 bucks they'd be happy? No, no, they really didn't. No, 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 no,
come back tomorrow and see what I was like, all right, well, I got to come back the next day. Kind of pissed already because I'd already done like two hours of work by that time. So I was like, really, I should be getting more. But I come back and she, you know what she says? She said, you got to call the cops on me because when I left, she looked outside and apparently someone had left trash next to her trash bin. It was like a box for air conditioner and some window shades next to her trash bin. And she thought I did that shit. She was like,